Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. If you've not uh, already, I do encourage you to check out my ebooks. All I Needed to Know, I Learned from Columbo, and All I Needed to Know, I Learned from Dragnet. Each examines the careers and history of seven great fictional detectives and policemen, as well as life lessons that can be learned from them. You can pick them up wherever fine ebooks are sold or also as audiobooks through Audible or the Apple Store. You can find all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Mr. Chameleon. And I should note that the episode that uh, comes before this is missing, as is the one after that. Uh, but uh, this particular episode aired December 1st, 1948, and the title is The Lost Cousin Murder Case. Next, Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer aspirin. Now let me tell you just who Mr. Chameleon is. A college man, he tried from childhood to live up to the name he bore, Chameleon, by taking on the color of whatever situation in which he found himself, appearing in endless guises, finally entering the police force where he became known as Chameleon, the man of many faces, the underworld's most dreaded man. The listener invariably knows who Mr. Chameleon is, no matter which disguise he assumes, but the criminal he's tracking down seldom does. Tonight we give you Mr. Chameleon in The Lost Cousin Murder Case. The ringing of a telephone can mean so many things, good news or bad, or it may sound a note of warning. And in the living room of the Maddox apartment, Barbara Maddox stares at the ringing telephone as if it were a living thing. Then she turns abruptly as the front door opens and her husband enters the room. For heaven's sakes, Barbara, answer that, can't you? Oh, oh, hello, John. I thought it might be the Killigan Detective Agency. Well, I only hope it is. Hello? Speaking? Oh, hello, Mr. Killigan. Yes? You did? You really found my missing cousin, Waldo? John. Oh, well, now let's see. I I won't be home here for long. I have to go back to the office tonight to do some work on the books. Have him meet me there. John, please. Yes. Yes, tell him about nine o'clock. How is he, anyway? Oh, really? That's too bad. 
but I'm hoping I'll be able to make things easier for him. And thanks, Mr. Killigan, I'll send you my check tomorrow. Well, Barbara, they found Waldo down on the Bowery. Mr. Killigan of the detective agency says he's in pretty bad shape. Poor old Waldo. John, John, listen to me. Don't see him. This whole thing is a mistake. Let him stay the way he is. Some instinct tells me that something dreadful will happen if you see him tonight. Nonsense, my dear. Waldo is my cousin, my only living relative. I'm very glad he's been found. So stop worrying. Believe me, there's nothing to worry about. But the following morning at 9 o'clock, John Maddox's horrified business partner puts through a telephone call to Central Headquarters. Hello? Hello, is this Central Headquarters? This is Lewis Bentley speaking of Bentley and Maddox. Something terrible has happened. My partner, John Maddox, has been beaten to death. I found his body when I got here to the office this morning. And a little later, Mr. Chameleon, the great detective, the man of many disguises, is bending over that body, examining the battered face and saying tersely to Lewis Bentley, Mr. Bentley, who else besides yourself has identified Mr. Maddox? His widow, Barbara. She came down here to the office immediately. She's in the next room with my secretary, completely knocked out. Ugly mess. Must have put up a terrific fight. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Furniture smashed and the safe door wide open with $10,000 gone. Mr. Bentley, did you know your partner was coming back to the office last night? Yes. He said something about working on the books. Why? Wasn't your business in good shape? You might as well tell me, Mr. Bentley. I'll find out anyway. I'm sure you will. You're noted for that, Mr. Chameleon. It's my job. Well, was your business in bad shape? And if so, what was $10,000 doing in that safe? I... I'm afraid we were deliberately withholding it. Maddox and I were going into bankruptcy. And keeping $10,000, which didn't really belong to you. All right, so we were doing something shady. What of it? The $10,000 is gone and John Maddox is dead. Whoever murdered John took the money too. So nobody's ahead of the game now, except John's widow, Barbara. What do you mean by that? Well, she comes out fine. Barbara Maddox inherits $50,000. What? From her husband? No, no. No, not from John. How could he have anything to leave when we were going into bankruptcy? But Barbara had a crackpot uncle who left a very strange will. What was that, Mr. Bentley? If John died, Barbara was to get $50,000. As long as John lived, she'd be taken care of by him, her uncle figured. But if she was alone in the world, she'd need the inheritance. Only she wasn't very well taken care of, was she? And $50,000 is a lot of money. Mr. Chameleon, are you implying that Barbara had something to do with John's death? Her own husband? You're the one who implied it, Mr. Bentley. That isn't so. Barbara's a lovely woman. We're very good friends. And any way a woman couldn't have done this, beaten John to death, there must have been some man here with him last night. There was. I'll speak to Mrs. Maddox. I'm very sorry to have to question you, Mrs. Maddox. I am Chameleon of Central Headquarters. Oh, Mr. Chameleon, how dreadful this is. Mrs. Maddox, do you know of anyone your husband was to meet here in his office last night? How did you happen to ask that? Yes, there was. John met his missing cousin, Waldo, the man he'd been searching for. Mrs. Maddox, if you are too upset to talk, why no. don't we can... No, I'll be all right. What about this cousin? 
Well, his name was Waldo Maddox. He was John's only living relative. John hasn't seen him in 15 years, and suddenly he decided out of a clear sky that he should look Waldo up. What made him decide that? Oh, some emotional impulse. We have no children, and John was an affectionate, sentimental man. It seems that he and Waldo were great friends when they were young. Oh, I told him not to do it. Some instinct warned me that this Waldo would bring us nothing but misery. Do, do you believe in instinct, Mr. Chameleon? I often think, Mrs. Maddox, that detectives have an instinct all their own, the way a bird dog has a keen sense of smell. Mrs. Maddox, what about that $50,000? What? I understand that under terms of your uncle's will, you inherit $50,000 now that your husband is dead. Oh, good heavens, I, I'd almost forgotten that will. You must have a remarkably bad memory to forget $50,000. But it meant nothing to me. I, I always thought John would live much longer than I would. I, I never counted on the money at all. Whether you counted on it or not, you're going to get it now that your husband is dead. You finished telling me about his missing cousin Waldo, please. Well, you have me so upset now, I, I forget what I was saying. I'm sorry, Miss Maddox. Just remember the way that office looked. The way your husband's body looked. Think of the agony of that life and death struggle. I am thinking of it. I'll never get it out of my mind. And his cousin Waldo must have done it. He must have murdered John. He had an appointment with John last night at his office. How did your husband manage to find this cousin who'd been missing 15 years? Well, he engaged the Killigan Detective Agency to find Waldo. Thank you, Mrs. Maddox. I know Killigan well. I'll go over and talk to him. Before I go, tell me what else you know about this Waldo. I've never seen him in my life. <laughs> An hour later, Mr. Chameleon is at the Killigan Detective Agency. He is saying... Killigan, what did this Waldo Maddox look like? Where'd you pick him up? He was here uh, with you yesterday afternoon, wasn't he? Yes, Chameleon. He was standing here beside me when I telephoned John Maddox. Uh -huh. Lit to the gills and happy as a lark. If I'd ever dreamed that the man would turn into a vicious killer. And... Yet I'm not surprised he had the look. We uh, picked him up in the Bowery. Uh -huh. In other words, he could have used the $10,000 which was missing from the safe. Use it? He was starving. I gave him money to buy a meal and get a shave, but uh, he was a big fellow. If he bought a few more drinks, he could have beaten John Maddox to death. I was wondering about that. When Maddox opened the safe to take out money to give him, Waldo must have struck Maddox on the head. It wouldn't have required much strength to do that. No, no. But remember, Maddox put up quite a struggle. What was he like? John Maddox? Mm hmm. Swell guy. One of those rough diamonds with a heart of gold. Oh. Now, it seems to me there are um, a lot of valuables involved in this case $50,000, $10,000, diamonds with hearts of gold. Very, very tempting. And yet the dead man, John Maddox, except for that $10,000, was hard up himself, about to go into bankruptcy. Are you kidding? Hmm? No. Chameleon. Killigan, what's the matter? Didn't Maddox imply that to you? Well, John Maddox told me that he was doing very well financially. That was one of the reasons he wanted to find his cousin Waldo. He was in a position now to help the man. Well, Maddox's partner said they were going bankrupt. 
Killigan, as Alice in Wonderland would say, this gets curiouser and curiouser. Well, what do you make of it, Chameleon? What I am beginning to make of it is pretty horrible. I... Yeah. Hey, Chameleon, isn't that your sidekick posted outside on the street, Detective Sergeant Arnold? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's Dave. I was just watching him. He's having a violent discussion with some girl. Yes, and she looks very familiar. Oh, I know. She's the private secretary in the firm of Maddox and Bentley. Why'd she follow us here? Well, I'd better get out there. Killigan, thanks. Okay. And uh, just for your information, I have sent out a general alarm to find the missing cousin Waldo. Meanwhile, across the street, Mr. Chameleon's assistant, Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold, is speaking to a young girl. Now, look, Miss, uh, uh, Miss... Cross, and you're Detective Sergeant Arnold, and for goodness sake, take me in to see Mr. Chameleon. It's urgent, it's vital, it's terribly important. But whatever you want to say, you can say it to me. No, 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 I want to tell him. I should have told him when he was at the office questioning my boss, Louis Bentley. John Maddox was my boss, too. But I was too scared to say anything. Hey, I what ju- goes on here? Uh, hello, Miss uh, Cross, isn't that your name? Oh, Mr. Chameleon, I just had to see you. I've been lying awake nights wondering if I should tell you. And at last, I made up my mind. Well, that's uh, fine, Miss uh, Cross, but uh, what do you have to tell me? It's about Mr. Maddox. Or rather, it's about his partner, Mr. Bentley. Uh, It's about both of them, really. Well, please get to the point, Miss Cross. I am, Mr. Chameleon. Well, the point is, Mr. Bentley and John Maddox quarrel constantly. During the last few weeks, they fought all the time about money. And Mr. Bentley threatened to kill John Maddox. I heard him. He threatened to kill him. Miss Cross. Dave, she's been shot. Holy smoke. Someone had a gun with a silencer. Came from the building where Killigan has his office. Dave, quick, get a squad car. Okay. Take her down to the hospital, Dave. She's still alive, but the bullet must have lodged near her heart. But, Mr. Chameleon, I'll search the building. And I'll search the building alone, Dave. Now it is late that same day. And in the police commissioner's office, Mr. Chameleon has just replaced the telephone receiver on the hook. And the commissioner says to him, How is Ella Cross, Chameleon? Would she live? Yes, commissioner. The bullet was deeply embedded, but she has a very good chance. You still think they were after you? Uh Uh-huh, despite her damaging statement about Louis Bentley. However, I could be wrong. Apparently, Bentley, too, had a motive for murdering John Maddox. What do you mean, too? Along with Cousin Waldo? And Barbara Maddox. Mm. Yet there's something eluding me... Like uh, Cousin Waldo, like the killer who wounded Miss Cross. I searched the office building with a fine-tooth comb. It was no good. What about Waldo Maddox? Any progress in trying to locate him? None, Commissioner. Mm. Now, this is one of those cases that gets my goat. This morning, I thought I saw a gleam of light. A most unpleasant and peculiar light, I might add. Now, I'm wondering if it wasn't just a will-o'-the-wisp. Mr. Chameleon, here's that medical report you asked for on John Maddox. Oh, thank you, Dave. Any further news about Cousin Waldo, Dave? No, Commissioner. We're watching his old haunts in the Bowery, but so far, nothing. I see him. Hello? Is Mr. Chameleon there? Oh, just a moment, please. It's for you, Chameleon. Thank you. Hello? Mr. Chameleon, this is Barbara Maddox, and I have a very special request to make of you. I suppose you'd like to go away for a little rest, Mrs. Maddox. Oh, how did you guess? Well, it wasn't very difficult. After all, your husband's death was a great shock to you. Oh, yes. I must get away. I'm sorry, Mrs. Maddox, but it's out of the question. 
But, Mr. Chameleon... I'm very sorry, but you are not to leave town, not under any circumstances. Goodbye, Mrs. Maddox. So the widow wants to leave town, does she? Yes, Commissioner. She may even want to leave the country. What? That's a possibility. Dave, contact all the travel agencies, the airlines, the steamship lines. Tell them to get in touch with me if anyone answering Barbara Maddox's description tries to book passage out of the country. Mr. Chameleon and the Lost Cousin Murder Case continues in just a moment. When you have an ordinary headache, fast relief is important, but even more important is gentle, dependable relief. And that's why it will pay you to always use genuine Bayer aspirin, for Bayer aspirin is one thing you can take with complete confidence. No other pain reliever can match Bayer aspirin's record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. Yes, for the two most important kinds of relief, Always use genuine Bayer aspirin. Because it's actually ready to go to work in two seconds, it will bring you the fast relief you want. And because it's reliable, you can take it sure in the knowledge that it will bring you the gentle relief that's important to your health. So whenever you're in pain, don't experiment with drugs that have not stood the test of time. Instead, use something that millions know from experience is completely dependable. Genuine Bayer aspirin. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the Lost Cousin Murder Case. Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective, is investigating the strange murder of John Maddox, who was found beaten to death in his office. One of the suspects is a missing cousin, Waldo. Barbara Maddox, the victim's wife, has asked Chameleon's permission to go away for a rest, but he suspects that she may be trying to leave the country. We find Mr. Chameleon now in his office at Central Headquarters. With him is Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold, who says... Still studying those medical reports, Mr. Chameleon? Yes, yes, I am, Dave, and the light is beginning to glimmer again. Doesn't seem possible, and yet if I am right... Hello? Hello, is this Mr. Chameleon? Yes? This is Mrs. Hartford of the Hartford Travel Agency. A Barbara Maddox came to see me today. She did? Yes, she wanted transportation to South America. I told her to return this afternoon. Meanwhile, Detective Sergeant Arnold had left your instructions. Yeah, I know, so I... I know, and uh, thanks for calling so promptly, Mrs. Hartford. What time did Mrs. Maddox say that she'd be back this afternoon? Around three. Good. I'll be there at your agency by two, and I'll need your cooperation. Thanks again, Mrs. Hartford. Dave, the light is growing stronger and steadier. It's beginning to throw quite a lurid glare on that motto of mine up there. The innocent must be protected. The guilty must be punished. What are you going to do, Mr. Chameleon? Hmm? About the travel agency? Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Hartford is going to acquire a new assistant. You're going there in disguise? Yes, indeed. I'm going to be Wilson Wilcox, young man with an itching palm. Also, a young man with a heavy Florida tan and sunglasses. Wilson Wilcox is one of those people who thinks sunglasses makes him look like a celebrity. But the itching palm... Ah, that's going to be itching plenty this afternoon, Dave. Like everyone else connected with this case, Wilson isn't averse to picking up a little change. (laughs) 
Mrs. Hartford, you must do exactly as I tell you. Yes, sir. When Mrs. Maddox enters this agency, keep out of sight. Now take down our conversation in shorthand if you can. Yes, Mr. Chameleon, but do you really think you can fool her? She knows you by sight. She doesn't know me as Wilson Wilcox. And uh, with this tan and these glasses. Uh, besides, this is a very badly frightened woman. Mr. Chameleon, here she is. She just came in the door. Good. Now remember, keep out of sight. I wish you luck in your disguise. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon. What can I do for you? Why, I, um... I spoke to a Mrs. Hartford this morning. My name is Maddox. Oh, yes, she uh, spoke to you, Mrs. Maddox. I'm her uh, assistant, Wilson Wilcox. Uh, she said you wanted transportation to South America. Yes, I do. Why are you staring at me so intently, Mrs. Maddox? Did I, by any chance, uh, serve you in our Florida office? Florida? Is that where you got that tan? Yes, indeed. I only flew up here last week. I've uh, been in charge of the office down there for a year. Oh, I see. Now, uh, about this uh, South American trip. It's extremely difficult right now to get you accommodations. At least for this week. Uh, Mrs. Hartford says you want to leave by Saturday. If not sooner. I want plane reservations to Rio, Mr. Wilcox, and I... I... Yes? Well, I don't want it generally known that I'm leaving. I, uh don't quite understand. I mean by that, well, I'd like to leave just as soon and as quietly as I could. You see, I've been through a dreadful ordeal. My husband... Yes, I remember your husband was murdered, wasn't he? Horrible Yes, thing. and I've been hounded by newspaper people. Well, I do understand, Mrs. Maddox. Unfortunately, unless I can buy someone's reservation, and naturally no one would sell unless they made a bit of a profit... Mr. Wilcox... I'll pay you anything you want. I'll be back tomorrow, and whatever arrangements you can make. Well, I promise there'll be plenty of profit in it for you. Goodbye. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. So, so you really fooled her, Mr. Chameleon. Yes, apparently I did, Mrs. Hartford. My disguise worked. Let's see, she should be home in a very few minutes. As if she uh, goes directly there from here. Lives only a block away. The telephone number right here. You say you have two tickets for South America, Mrs. Hartford? Yes, Mr. Chameleon, but are you sure she'll take two? She only mentioned wanting one. Well, don't worry. She'll take the two. Now I'm going to talk to Barbara Maddox on the phone as myself, Mr. Chameleon. Uh, Mrs. Maddox, uh, Mr. Chameleon calling. Oh. Oh, yes, Mr. Chameleon. I'm uh, checking to make sure that you've made no attempt to leave town. Why, of course not, Mr. Chameleon. Didn't you ask me not to? I wouldn't think of leaving town. Good, good, because things are beginning to break. I think we may have an arrest very shortly. You mean you found John's cousin? You found Waldo Maddox? I'm not free to say, but you'll be hearing from me shortly. Before the day is over, I expect to have the murderer. Goodbye, Miss Maddox. What did she say, Mr. Chameleon? Unless I am mistaken, Mrs. Hartford, I'll be hearing from Mrs. Maddox before tomorrow. She's really excited now. You think she'll be back here today? I'm willing to wager that within 15 minutes, she'll walk into this travel agency and ask for me, in my disguise, of course, for Wilson Wilcox.
Wilcox. Here I am, back again. Why, Mrs. Maddox. I know you didn't expect me so soon, but I've had an unexpected change in plans, and I'm praying you can help me. I'll do my best, yes, indeed. Well, I've got to leave town tonight, and I'm going to, to Mexico City. Mexico City? Yes, I have to go there on unexpected business, and I want to take a friend of mine with me, a uh, Mr. Brown. Can you get reservations for us both? Well, uh... Two reservations. Uh, Mr. Wilcox, I'll give you a $50 bonus. I believe that can be done, Miss Maddox. I am pretty sure I can get you and your friend out of the country tonight. Um, I'll have you on the night plane for Mexico City and meet you at the airport with the tickets. Plane leaving for Mexico City at gate three. Plane leaving for Mexico City at gate three. Five minutes to go, Mr. Chameleon. Yes, yes. No sign of Mrs. Maddox yet, Dave. Maybe she got wise. Yeah, maybe she did. Now the plane getting ready to take off, Dave. Mexico City plane will be right behind it. Are all the exits guarded? Yeah, yeah, sure. So she says she's going with a Mr. Brown, eh? Mr. Bentley, she means... They were in this together, the murdered man's wife and his partner. He murdered his partner, and she gets 50000 with Bentley getting his slice. Well, uh, what about Waldo? The missing cousin? Mm-hmm. Where does he come in? Well, he doesn't, I suppose, unless... Say, Mr. Chameleon, you don't think she had some arrangement with Waldo, that he's the one she's smuggling out of the country. But Dave... But... What? Here they come into the waiting room. Holy mackerel! Ready? Now remember, frisk them. One of them still must have the gun with the silencer. I... I can't believe it. Well, neither could I at first, but the medical reports convinced me. Okay, Dave, let's go. Mrs. Maddox? <gasps> Mr. Chameleon! Stay where you are. Don't move. I'm arresting both of you. The charge is murder. What are you talking about? No one's going to arrest me. Stay where you are, both of you. I've got them covered, Mr. Chameleon, and I heard so. I'll step in through this door. I've arranged for a private room. <laughs> Hands off me. Yes, let go, I tell you. You're not telling me anything. John Maddox, I arrest you for the murder of your cousin Waldo. Barbara Maddox, I arrest you as your husband's accomplice. John! Oh, John, I told you it wouldn't work. Shut up, Barbara. This man, Chameleon, hasn't got anything on us. What I've got on you is this, John Maddox. You deliberately started a search for your missing cousin, Waldo, knowing he looked very much like you. Nonsense. Then you lured him into your office at night, murdered him, bashed his face in beyond recognition and put your clothes on his body. He didn't. He didn't. He did it, Mrs. Maddox, to make the world believe that he was dead so that you would inherit the $50,000 you couldn't get until after your husband's death. You knew all about it. You're as guilty of the murder as he is. No! I didn't know he was going to kill Waldo. And nobody did kill Waldo. To show you how far off you are, Chameleon, I'll tell you I'm the missing cousin, Waldo. Now let me out of here. Stay where you are. This is just what I've been waiting for. I have incontestable medical proof that you're John Maddox. Medical proof? What are you talking about? The police x-rays show the dead man had a bone fracture of the left arm which had never properly knit. You, John Maddox, according to the report of your own doctor, never had a bone fracture of any kind. That convinced me that you murdered your cousin in order to pretend that you were dead. John! Oh, John, what have we done? I'll answer that question. You have committed willful murder. Dave... Get that gun with the silencer out of his pocket. 
The gun he tried to kill his secretary with when he thought she was spilling something to me. Here it is, Mr. Chameleon. I wish I'd killed you too, Chameleon. It would surprise you, Mannix, to know how many murderers have said that same thing. Dave, let's uh, bundle them into the squad car. And that will end the case of the long-lost cousin. And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. There is nothing as important as fast relief when you have an ordinary headache, neuritic, or neuralgic pain. And millions who want very fast relief use Bayer Aspirin, for Bayer Aspirin is ready to go to work almost instantly. Within two seconds after you take it, it starts to disintegrate. And that's why relief comes so quickly. Remember this, and remember, too, that Bayer Aspirin is one thing you can take with complete confidence. We say this because no other pain reliever can match Bayer Aspirin's record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. So for fast, reliable relief from headache or the pains of neuritis or neuralgia, use genuine Bayer Aspirin. And when you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer Aspirin, never by the name Aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle, and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces, in The Chance Meeting Murder Case. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson, with dialogue by Marie Baumer from the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney. Now at last, you can get an utterly new, radically different, incredibly better toothpaste. It's revolutionary new Lion's toothpaste. And it's better... Because thousands of laboratory tests on scores of individual teeth show that it actually gets teeth brighter. Two and a half to five and a half times brighter than any of the five leading brands. Brighter by far than any other toothpaste. New Lion's toothpaste does this because it's a new kind of toothpaste with a formula that's completely new, radically different. A toothpaste that cleans without soap, polishes without chalk. Try it. Buy Lion's toothpaste. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in the Chance Meeting Murder Case next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, the Bowery is not exactly where you typically expect to find Waldo, but in this episode, uh, it was interesting to note they made a point of the gun having a silencer, uh, the one that was used to try to kill the secretary. 
Now, while it's true that silencers don't make guns totally silent, we got a sound effect for that shot that was as loud or louder than many you'll hear for unsilent shots on other radio programs. So it was a weird plot point for them to insist on, particularly since whether it had a silencer or not didn't have anything to do with anything. Also, uh, the half-heartedness of the way they did the airport scene was funny with the public address announcer. Uh, because they didn't have to do a voice over the intercom. Uh, but they did decide to do it, and they didn't make up an airline or a flight number or anything like that that you will typically hear done in fictional productions to give it a sense of realism. I mean, even in 1948, in the New York City airport, you come on and say the flight to Mexico City is boarding, you're probably going to get three or four different flights passengers coming to their gates because there are a lot of flights to everywhere. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and uh, we have comments uh, regarding the episode The Case of Murder from Across the Sea over on YouTube. Seisoff writes, The scene between Dee Dee Castleberry and Dave Arnold was priceless. I definitely agree on that, and uh, Betsy says, Thank you. I also appreciate this one, as I haven't heard it before. Well, thanks so much, Betsy. And this is the fun thing about Mr. Chameleon. Even if we do poke fun at uh, some of the way things are done in the series, this is a program that really has not been heard at all until the last couple of years. Uh, these programs that we're playing now haven't been in circulation. So while something like Johnny Dollar and Dragnet has been replayed a bunch over the decades, we're really getting something a lot more fresh here in terms of things that people haven't even heard before. So I hope you're enjoying that. Well, now let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Ben, Patreon supporter since September 2020, currently supporting the podcast at the shameless level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Ben. And that will do it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And if you're enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Mr. Chameleon, but join us back here tomorrow for Johnny Dollar and the conclusion of the matter of reasonable doubt, where... Furthermore, you know it. All you're doing is trying to dodge the issue. Young man, I'm not accustomed to being talked to this way. Then you can look at it as a refreshingly novel experience. You sound like Susan. And an experience you don't entirely dislike. Presumptuous whelp. Maybe. Are you married, Mr. Dollar? No. What a pity I'm not 30 years younger. <laughs> what a pity I'm not 30 years older. Oh, thank you, sir. And now let's stop scratching each other's backs and get to the point. All right. Jonas is a fine man. No doubt he did have reason to get upset. These past months have been... Well, I suppose I haven't seemed like myself at all. Why is that? Oh, you're like a bulldog with a bone, Mr. Dollar. Careful how you talk about your might-have-been lover. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.